Today's show is brought to you by Pride of Bristol Bay, where you can get truly sustainable, high-quality, nutritious Alaskan sockeye salmon delivered right to your door. Pride of Bristol Bay's wild salmon is sustainably harvested in the pristine waters of Bristol Bay, Alaska. Their focused team of fishermen are committed to the highest quality and handling standards at the point of harvest, creating the unsurpassed quality and flavor you'll find in every one of their wild sockeye fillets and portions. Each case of their wild salmon is labeled with the name of the Bristol Bay Fishing District in which the salmon was harvested. It's the ultimate in traceability. Boxes of supremely fresh frozen fillets and portions of the highest quality salmon are delivered to your door, skin on and already deboned. It is hands down the best salmon I've ever enjoyed. You can learn more about Pride of Bristol Bay and support their important work by ordering your first box of frozen salmon by visiting their website over at prideofbristolbay.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. My name is Cassie Joy Garcia. I am your host for the show, for today's show and all the shows here. Fed and Fit Podcast is a weekly 30-minute mindset, food, fitness, nutrition, all those good things, uh, all those good topics kind of show. And today we are zeroing in on really overall mindset, but we're going to touch on food, we're going to touch on nutrition, we're going to touch on fitness and, uh, and then circle back around to mindset. So what we're gonna talk about today specifically is all about having a healthy mindset for the holidays. This can be a really tricky time period. You know, we, we roll into the holidays thinking, um, well, it, it goes both ways. Some, or maybe three ways. <laughs> Some people approach the holidays and they think, okay, well, Let's go ahead and take that healthy hat off that I had strapped on all year long. We're going to set back. We're going to enjoy the holidays and it'll be what it'll be. And then come January, we'll do damage control. That's one approach. And I'm not going to say that I haven't been in that driver's seat before. Another approach is we go into the holidays and we think, oh, I've got my healthy hat strapped on real tight. And I'm just going to keep trucking through. We're going to have ourselves a healthy, healthy, healthy holiday. And nothing's going to get in my way. And then your grandmother makes a piece of pumpkin pie, puts it in front of you, and says, but I made this for you. It's your favorite. And then you eat it, and you feel like your whole plan went out the window. You feel like somebody ripped that healthy hat off your head and threw it away. Now, you don't quite know what to do with yourself. You don't know really... There's guilt is introduced, all kinds of ugly, yucky feelings. So that's one way. And then I would say a third way is, well, I never wore a healthy hat, so why start now? You know, it's the folks who uh, maybe they haven't really ever tried to be super conscious about having a healthy holiday. and, And the year prior wasn't necessarily one where they were focused on a healthy mindset or nutrition or fitness or anything like that. And so they look at the holidays and they think, why start now? I'll start that in January when pumpkin pie season is over. Uh, So those are some of the common ways that we walk into the holidays. And this week in particular, if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, this week us in the U.S. are celebrating Thanksgiving and it is typically a day where, where we feast 
very similarly to those who celebrate Christmas have a feast on Christmas. So it's a really big food-centric day. There's usually lots of turkey. Uh, there's lots of pie and desserts. And it's one of those where we kind of, I don't know, if, if your family's like mine, the Thanksgiving holiday is usually marked by about a 3 p.m. dinner, <laughs> which sounds funny calling it dinner. You wake up, you kind of have a leisurely breakfast, and then uh, you have a late lunch, which turns into an hour, two hour long affair uh, that ends with essentially a really early dinner. And then folks just lounge around and eat pie the rest of the day. And, uh, and that's about it. Uh, I know everybody has their own specific holiday traditions, but that's kind of what we do. But it's definitely a holiday that revolves around food and revolves around, I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to use this next word and I don't mean to vilify it. It's just the word that comes to mind. It's a holiday that revolves around kind of just being lazy a little bit, kicking your feet up in the recliner have it, you know, have that extra piece of pie, and maybe I'll sit here and I'm gonna doze off and take a nap, and uh, and then I'll wake up and have another maybe turkey. I'll throw some turkey and some bread, and I'll have a turkey sandwich for a late dinner kind of deal. So that's kind of how our holidays have evolved, and I know that some might resonate with that, and others are uh, maybe have a much more formal affair. But in the in the mo for the most part, it's definitely a day outside of my normal routine of trying to stay healthy and mindful of supporting a healthy lifestyle that makes me feel great, right? And that's another thing, the holidays, I tend to always feel a little, not always, because I've approached the holidays differently these past couple years, but they have a tendency to make me feel really just not myself. I don't feel very well because I've made food decisions I don't normally make. Maybe I did not make them from an empowered standpoint. And so I also have a little guilt sprinkled in there. I feel very disempowered. I kind of feel yucky and gross. I'm tired. I'm not on my normal routine. I haven't been working out. And so I just kind of feel a little blah in general. So if you've ever been in those shoes, hopefully today's show is going to help give you some quick tips to work around that. I'm not saying you have to do all these things in order to feel great, but maybe one or two resonate with you. And at the end of the day, that's great. That's what matters. So let's jump into it. A simple approach to a healthy holiday. Um, and like I said, we're going to chat a little bit about not only just community, how to approach community during this time period, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, all of the other holidays, wonderful things that we celebrate at this time of year how to work with our community, but also how to nurture our own healthy mindset, how to really nurture our bodies in terms of nutrition, how to nurture in terms of hydration and rest. And then we're also gonna talk a little bit at the end about stress levels, right? What can we do to really help mitigate stress levels? Because even well, before we go into the holidays, I don't know about you, but I'm always excited. I think, oh, this is going to be such a lovely, wonderful, relaxed time of year. And then there's always something that sneaks up on me and I, and then it turns into a flurried, stressy, stressy mess. You know, I'm either I'm wrapping presents in the 11th hour. I had forgotten about the gifts that I was going to give my colleagues and I'm putting those together at the last minute. There's something that takes me out of the moment that adds an extra layer of stress that 
becomes something that my body has to handle in addition to all the other things that I'm going through. And so my approach to having a healthy holiday is not necessarily, I'm not saying we need to have turkey next, or excuse me, just steamed carrots and steamed broccoli next to our Thanksgiving turkey. That's not going to be my recommendation. I'm going to give you some tips on how to eat the pie, right? If you're going to eat the pie, how to do that in a way that makes you feel really great and empowered. Um, but we're also going to talk about things that we can do to set the context, right? Set the stage for us feeling great during this very special time of year. And that's important. You're worth it. Okay, so my number one tip, and you've probably heard this uttered here on the show before, you've heard it uttered elsewhere, but it's bare worth repeating because I think it's a, I think it's a game changer. If you are going to somebody else's house for the holiday, maybe you're not hosting. If you are hosting, clearly you have a lot more control over the kinds of foods that wind up on your table. And if you are hosting, let me just briefly touch on that. It is okay, I wanna just tell you, uh, set the record straight. It is okay to switch up a couple of the recipes so that the food on the table is better for you. That's okay, right? If you're somebody who tries to avoid wheat gluten, for example, like I do, it is okay to make a Thanksgiving stuffing or, or a stuffing or a, what do they call it, a dressing uh, around Christmas time or whenever it is, it's okay to make a stuffing or a dressing with gluten-free bread. That's okay. Just because tradition you know, usually dictates that we go and we get those boxes of croutons that we have to rehydrate um, does not mean, just because tradition has said we've always done that, does not mean that we can't make a really delicious, different kind of stuffing or dressing that nourishes our body a little bit better and maybe helps reduce some of that load we're asking our bodies to carry during this time of year. So if you're hosting, I just want to empower you so you know it is okay to make a couple swaps, right? A gluten-free stuffing is a really great way to go. I've got a great recipe on my website right now. I didn't put it in the post, uh, but my favorite, I've been asked a couple times, my favorite bread is by Canyon Gluten-Free. I really like their seven grain loaf. Uh, it has a nice texture. I chop that up even when it's frozen still out of the freezer. Toss it on a sheet pan. The recipe calls for making croutons really quickly. You just toss them in some butter or olive oil, whatever works best for you, and some garlic and some salt. Roast those up just for a little bit until they're a little bit crispy. That way it kind of helps you avoid the set it out overnight so it becomes stale stage if any of you are listening and kind of have that uh, more old fashioned method in your back pocket. And then you toss it with traditional ingredients. It tastes, honestly, I think it tastes better. It really does. So. Um, know that you can do options like that. There are, for gravy, that's another way where uh, wheat usually shows up because we use gravy or wheat to thicken gravy. You can easily use arrowroot is my preferred method, just a little bit of it. You would make a slurry with a little water, just like you would cornstarch before you pour it in. Um, so you could make a little slurry, pour that in until you get the desired thickness and consistency that you want. So um, that's another one to go for. And uh, yeah, so anyways, there's always alternatives out there. Get to Googling. There's a bunch on my website. If you have a copy of my Holiday Feast ebook, we sent it out as a freebie to all newsletter subscribers. Then you have two gravies at your fingertips there, a very traditional sausage gravy and a giblets gravy or giblets. I never know how to say that one. Okay, so anyways, so if you're hosting, I just want to remind you and empower you that it's okay to make a couple swaps at the end of the day, your your family and your table members are just gonna be grateful that you put forth 
so much time and effort and energy into creating a wonderful meal and they're there for the season. They're not there for the, the specific brand that um, you know maybe our, our parents or our grandparents always grew up buying as that store-bought stuffing recipe. Okay, so now that that one's out of the way, if you are not hosting and you're going somewhere for the holidays, I highly recommend you volunteer to bring a dish. Bringing a dish ensures that you will have one thing there that you know you can eat and eat plenty of. What if you show up at your holiday gathering and everything is dusted with panko? <laughs> you know, those breadcrumbs. It's on the green bean casserole. It was sprinkled on the mashed potatoes. Uh, it's, on, it's on just about anything you could imagine. Maybe the cranberry sauce was saved. Uh, but you look at those things, or at least I would, and I would think, well, I guess those are out because that's just that's a not worth it food for me is wheat it's not that i'm trying to be dogmatic about it it's a i know what kind of how severely crummy that would make me feel and it's just not worth it panko panko crumbs are not worth uh the gluten exposure as far as i'm concerned you may have a different judgment call and we're going to talk about that in a second uh but you know make that decision powerfully but if you've brought a dish maybe you brought a sweet potato stuffing recipe. I've got one of those on my website as well that has fresh cranberries in it. It's so delicious. Um, but you've got that in your back pocket. Go ahead and put a spoonful of that on your plate next to the turkey and enjoy yourself, right? And then you have something healthy to share with other people. And if they love it, share the recipe with them. Tell them where they can find it. And then you never know what, what kind of heads it will turn and for what reasons in the future. So offer to bring a dish. Okay, moving on. My number, my next tip is, ooh, if you are a member of the Fed and Fit Project online, you hear me say this a lot, but gosh darn it, there's a lot of power that can be held with a cup of water. Not just a cup, but a general uh, mindset of staying more hydrated in general. So hydration is such a great way to prepare our bodies for this extra load of stress due to family, or community, however you wanna look at it, for the extra load of stress, for the probably food um, exceptions to our normal routine of how we normally eat. Uh, water can help us really combat and mitigate some of those symptoms. Um, so it can also help mitigate a little less sleep. So make sure you're staying hydrated. I know that can be difficult. While you're not at home and you don't have your normal routine or you're not at the office and you don't go, you don't look up at the clock and think, oh, now's the time I go refill my water bottle. When you're outside of your routine, it's more difficult to stay on top of your hydration game. And your hydration game, if you're new here, I talk about it in my Fed and Fit printed book, which you can find on Amazon. Might make a great holiday gift, I'm just saying. Uh, but in there, I've got a rough calculation, starting calculation for how much water um, is a good idea to drink in a day. And a way to, do, to calculate that is you take your weight in pounds, divide by two, and then that would be the number of ounces of water. So if you weigh 160 pounds, that would be roughly 80 ounces of water a day. That is much different than the eight glasses of water a day approach, right? So it's much more scalable to your actual body. And of course, if you're working out, you have a larger muscle mass, um, if you're pregnant, 
if you are working in the the sun or you're on your feet all day that amount will fluctuate but that's a really good starting point so do your best to stay on top of your hydration game this is really low hanging fruit this this hydration point does not necessitate that you go and you whip up your own thanksgiving gluten-free dressing right it's an easy one just drink more water bring a water bottle with you and commit yourself if you have to drink 80 ounces of water a day no, you don't have to. I'm not telling you, you have to. But if that is your goal, then say, okay, well, I'm gonna drink three or four of these water bottles a day and call it good, right? So set a goal. Okay, next tip has to do with fitness. Now, as wonderful as it would be, if we, if you're staying home, do your best to go to your workouts, right? If you have a place that you go and you work out at or you have a routine, do your best to stick to those routines, but if you're traveling, there's a couple things you can do, and it depends on your goals. You know you best, right? And you know what will make you feel great. There have been some times when I've traveled for the holidays that, uh, for example, my husband is from San Angelo, Texas. It's in West Texas. It's about a three-hour drive from San Antonio, where we live now. And there have been several times where I've really been in a great CrossFit mode. I go to my CrossFit classes and my yoga classes and I walk and I know that I cannot go to San Angelo for a whole week and not get inside and not move something heavy, right? Uh, it just makes me feel so great. I love it. It puts my mind in a really great place. And so what I do when I travel for the holidays is I will look up my favorite or some gyms. Now I have a favorite because I've been there, but I'll look up some local gyms and I will reach out to them, see if I can drop in to a class, I'll look at their schedule, and then I go and I drop in, and I'll do that in the morning, right? I'll do it when I can easily slip away from family, go work out for an hour and come back and be gone no more than an hour and a half to two hours, and it really helps set a different tone for the overall uh, visit. So that's something that you can do, drop into a gym. If it's not CrossFit, maybe it's Pilates, maybe it's bar, um, maybe, Maybe it's a, maybe you're a runner and you just want to get out there and go, you know, pounds and pavement. That's a great thing you can do too. Just go look up a running route and see if there's something that works for your schedule. Um, so that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do if you're really know thyself again and you say, nope, if even if I schedule a gym drop in, I'm just probably not going to do it. Um, something that you can do to just stay generally active. And I recommend this for everybody. This is what I'm going to be doing this holiday season is going for walks. I go for usually one to two walks a day with our Great Pyrenees Gus and my husband. Our walks are between a mile and a mile and a half depending on which route we take times two. And walking has been really great. It's a really great way to get out, smell the fresh air, have some good conversation, get in a little exercise, a little movement. And again, we're not only are we helping our body just kind of stay within a routine, we're also helping nurture our mind, knowing that we're taking care of ourselves in that regard. So in the morning, let's say of a holiday, and in the evening, get a group together to go for a walk or go by yourself. Go pop in your headphones, listen to a podcast or your favorite audiobook or whatever it is, and just go enjoy some fresh air. Okay, back to food. Let's talk about food for just a little bit. Those were kind of my low-hanging fruit pieces, right? Um, offer to bring a dish, stay hydrated, and set up a plan to stay moving, right? Those are all like really great, easy things we can do. Next, when it comes to building your plate for the holidays, what the heck goes on this plate that we can feel good about what's an approach let's say if you're sitting here staring down the barrel of a giant buffet 
with all of your family members' favorite dishes. It was a big potluck and gosh, there's so many options. Where do we start? So I recommend starting first with filling your plate with greens, as many greens as you can, uh, starting there. So walk down the line, grab all the greens. If there's a good green bean casserole that looks, that's calling your name, grab a scoop of that first. So start with all the vegetables first, and then add on the clean protein. So it'll probably be turkey, or maybe you do roast beef or whatever it is during the holidays, add that on the plate, and then go back and add the starches. And I'm not trying to say that your plate needs to be low carb. If, you, if you're, not new here, you know that I'm not a low carber, but I do think that it's really easy to overfill our plate with a spoonful of stuffing and a spoonful of mashed sweet potatoes and a spoonful of mashed white potatoes, right? And then a little of this really cool hominy dish on the side. Those, that's a lot of starch that's gonna be really, really heavy. And so I would add that in later. Add that in as more of a garnish. I guarantee if you approach it that way, you're probably gonna have plenty on your plate, but that's one way to go. So fill your plate with greens first. And then next, I say, okay, so let's talk about indulgences around the holidays. I am of the mindset, I am a, I'm an eat the cake kind of girl. Just eat the cake. And let me, <laughs> let me clarify what I mean by that. In the Fed and Fit Project, and we talk about this a lot, but within the Fed and Fit Project online, we do our twice monthly live coaching calls, and it never fails that there's always this thread of questions around the holidays and then around wedding season of folks saying, well, I'm in, I'm in the project and I'm doing these things and I'm trying to make these great decisions, these healthy decisions for my body, but next weekend is my daughter's wedding. What do I do about the cake? The cake is not a part of this plan. You know, it's not a part of the foods I normally eat. And my response is always a encouragement for you to choose powerfully, right? You can choose not to eat the cake, but it's also okay if you eat the cake. It's okay. It's okay if you choose to eat your grandma's pie, right? If it's a if it's a family recipe made with love and intention and it's got heritage and history, and all kinds of wonderful tradition wrapped up in that little bite of pecan or apple or pumpkin pie, enjoy it. That's a wonderful thing to do. Do not stress about whether you should or should not be diving into that piece of pie or whatever it is. And if you're listening and you're thinking, but I'm not a sweets person. I don't really care about sweets, but I really care about my mom's stuffing recipe. The same applies there, right? If, if you live and dream about that stuffing recipe all day long or all year long and she makes it with this very special sourdough bread and you know there's a lot of thought and a lot of love that goes into it and it's made with real ingredients, just maybe not all of them agree with your body, even if it is wheat, you know you best. Choose powerfully. Know when it's okay to eat the pie, but choose that ahead of time. That's my only disclaimer here. Choosing to jump in and eat the pie and the cookies and the and the other what would be considered out of scope for the foods that make you feel great. If it's an out of scope food, then I would choose that ahead of time. Okay, so when you're going to the holiday party, when you're on your way to your in-laws for uh, for whatever celebrations that you've got coming up, choose ahead of time. Think, yep. I am going to feel fine. I, I can get away with 
one to two pieces of pie and that's gonna be great for me. I'm gonna enjoy it to its fullest extent and I'm not gonna make that decision out of guilt or because a family member you know, pushed me towards it. I'm gonna choose powerfully for myself or I'm gonna choose powerfully for myself to not do that. And the dish that I'm bringing is a gluten-free pie. That's actually what I usually do is I like to bring a gluten-free dessert so that I can have something dessert-wise because that's I'm, I'm more of a dessert girl. So um, choose ahead of time. Know that it's okay if you're going to eat the pie. It's absolutely okay. Choose it in advance. You can make that empowered decision. And then that way, if things start to feel, if your body doesn't feel great at the end of it, it doesn't feel great, but at least you don't have that extra layer of guilt sprinkled on top of it. You made that decision powerfully. Okay, speaking of mindset around the plate, this is an important one. We've talked about this before on the show. I think it was, it's an old episode, but it's one of my favorites. It's called How to Paleo with Grace. And and the concept is how do we, when we're approaching our own healthy lifestyle for ourselves, it can be really easy to become overzealous and want to share it enthusiastically with everybody we know, right? And then it's really difficult to then, for that to not fall on deaf or defensive ears. So when it comes to the holidays, I'm a nutritionist, I'm a certified nutritionist, I have a book out, and this is what I do. I'm so passionate about the power of healing foods, but I can't tell you how many times I've had to encourage people during the holidays. They fill their plate up, you know, staring down that same barrel of the, the potluck with me and they fill their plate up and they make the joke, oh Cassie, don't look at my plate. I'm sure you're listening. Many, many of you listening have been there before. Your friends and your family say, uh-oh, Morgan, don't look at my plate because it's not good. Or uh-oh, um, Ashley, uh, don't don't look at what I'm eating because it's it's not what you would be eating. I'm going to be really unhealthy because it's Thanksgiving. Maybe even friends and family get defensive without you ever saying anything. And so if you're looking for a response to that, if you've ever been in that situation before, what I always say is, oh my goodness, what are you talking about? The things you've got on your plate look delicious. If I could eat that, I totally would. And isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> if I could eat all those foods and still feel great, my body would feel great and, I, and it would support a healthy mindset and it would support me feeling like me and doing all the things I want to do, you bet your bippy I'd eat those things. So it's an honest answer, but it usually helps relieve some stress from friends and family members. So if you're looking for a way to approach that with your community, that's one way to do it is just say, gosh, that looks great. Otherwise, I keep, you know, or you could always say, you know what, I'm I on my own plate. You know, and that's that's really the, the concept here is keep your eyes on your own plate. Um, this is not a time, the holidays are not a time to point out where our friends and family members are choosing the wrong foods. Let them be them. You set an example, keep your eyes down on the foods that you do. And if people ask you, or the foods you choose, and if people ask you why you choose certain things, well, that's a totally different ball game, right? That opens up a conversation to talk about certain foods and lifestyle choices. Otherwise, I recommend enjoying the holidays and waiting until they ask you. Okay, that can take some patience though. Listen to that episode if you'd like a little bit more support there. Next, um, we're gonna talk briefly about napping because I think this is something that comes up and it's worth 
discussing. So why is it during the holidays when we've had that big plate of hodgepodgey food and we've had a piece of pie that all of a sudden we're so tired and we feel like we need a nap. And if you're like me, I usually don't allow myself naps. I usually power through because I think, nope, I've already eaten the pies and all the things. And the last thing I'm going to do is then just totally jump into this holiday tradition of convention and fall asleep in a recliner with some football on in the background. That's There's, for whatever reason, some resistance to it. Well, let me just tell you really quickly why the body is so tired. It's tired because now it's having to work through these extra stressors we've put onto it. Not only the different kinds of foods that we've now eaten, but also the stress of community, this new community that we're around during the holidays, whether it's your family or your friends or just hosting in general, all of the different things, the travel. Maybe we're a little dehydrated, right? Um, Maybe we're a little sleep deprived. All of those things can add up and make us tired. And so my suggestion here is to rest. It's okay to take a nap. It's okay to indulge in that, allow your body some rest. What it does when it rests is it tries to repair and it tries to work through some of those stressors. So give it that time. Okay, two more things and then I'm gonna let you go. So I want to say really quickly that going into the holidays and indulging, let's say you have decided, yep, I'm gonna eat not just one piece of pie, I'm going to eat all the pieces of pie, I'm gonna take my healthy holiday hat off, I'm unstrapping it, I'm whipping it around my head and I'm throwing it out the window on the way to this family gathering. Let's say you decide to go that route. More power to you if you've empowered, you've made that decision from an empowered standpoint, that's fine. Um, What I want to tell you is whether you're on that end of the spectrum or you're on maybe more where I'm going to be at, a little bit more uh, somewhere in between. I'm gonna have a few bites here and there. I'm probably gonna be a little dehydrated despite my best efforts. I'm not gonna be working out as much as I normally do. It's all gonna be okay. I'm just gonna feel like I'm running at 80%. Okay, whatever it is. Um, I I just want you to go into this knowing that it can take our bodies. I think the mystery of not feeling well is a part of what makes the holidays so difficult. When we, when we, let's say Thanksgiving in particular, the beginning of December then is followed by just kind of feeling a little crummy. Thanksgiving weekend, those, that shopping weekend, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we just feel a little tired and a little crummy. And same goes for after, you know, some of the December holidays, a little tired and a little crummy. And because we don't feel well, we tend to think, or, it's easy to let our minds slip and think, well, I did this to myself. I brought this on to myself. This is my doing. And I will just, we kind of get into that reward punishment mind frame of mind where we think, you know what, come January, I'm really going to buckle down (laughs) and and I'm really going to have to, I'm going to have to make up for all this stuff, or I'm just going to be nibbling on lettuce until I start to feel like myself again. I want to tell you that it can actually take the body as few as if you have a really healthy gut and you've been working at this for a long time, it can take the body as few as maybe five days to feel like you're back on track. Go in to these indulgences 
with making those informed, empowered decisions that we talked about, but go in knowing that it's going to take five days of recovery before you feel like yourself. And I think that sort of demystifying that whole process makes it a little bit easier to endure when you know what to expect. So if you're going to have, if you're going to indulge uh, cookies, whatever it is that you choose to indulge in, no, it could take about five days to feel like yourself again. And that's five days of being on top of your hydration habits, on top of your sleep schedule, on top of the foods, eating the foods that make you feel great, and on top of staying active, moving your body, okay? So spend five days focusing on those things and you'll start to feel like yourself again. The veil will lift. And it's it's not, it's not anything, try to avoid that reward punishment mindset. Just give yourself some time. Okay, last one. So the last tip I wanna talk about today is just about stress levels in general. This is not one that I've talked about before on the show, uh, but I think it's worth mentioning. So the holidays are can tend to be a really stressful time, like I said before, because of travel, because of hosting, because of family dynamics, because of friend dynamics, because of different foods we're not used to eating, because we're thrown off of our schedule, we're not staying as hydrated or as active as we want. And all of those things, even though it's such a joyous, beautiful time of the year, right? Even though there's so much excitement and wonder that goes into the season, it can still be a really stressful season and something stressful for our bodies then to carry and to mitigate and to work through. So what I recommend doing is give yourself a leg up and it's kind of a lifestyle tip but try to get as much done in advance as you possibly can. There's a lot of you nodding your heads right now because I know that you do this because you write to me and you tell me that you do this. You're making apple pies weeks in advance and freezing them uh, off of my website. You're making stuffings weeks in advance and freezing them. That's all wonderful. But do as much as you can as early as you can. Get your shopping. If you're a holiday shopper and you're shopping for friends and family members, get that done as soon as possible. Go do the shopping and then wrap it right away, label it and set it aside. Get it out of the way. Get your colleagues' gifts done and out of the way really soon. I'm gonna have a collagen hot chocolate recipe coming to the blog. That'll be a really easy thing that you can put together for folks. Um, uh, That'll be coming to the blog in early December. But anyways, try to get as much done as you can as early as possible. That also includes prepping for foods sending out holiday cards, all those wonderful things that you can do in advance that become, that kind of sneak up on us and it becomes something else to do in addition to being there for our family, in addition to travel, in addition to all the other things. Let's do as much as we can, as soon as we can, so that we can be present in the moment and give our bodies a break. Alrighty guys, well that's all I have for you. I wanted to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving, a very merry holiday season as well, regardless of what you're celebrating. Um, I'm always here for you, and as always, you can find a complete transcript of today's show over at fedandfit.com. And if you're online while you're at it, head on over to iTunes, leave me a review. That would be really helpful to get the show into the hands of other folks in the future. I wish you the best, safe travels, and I'll talk to you next week.